0: This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayake. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Inspiring Design with yours truly. I'm your host, Rashan Sananarga, and this is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge. Our goal here is to be the missing link between education, design, and the industry. So today's a bit of a unique one. We've got a very special guest coming as, from, as a Victor of Shark Tank. Ryan Tuckwood. We're gonna be talking about how to sell ethically as well as designing your communication. So Ryan is actually the one half of the Shark Tank victors at ISR Training. It's now widely regarded as the number one ethical sales coach of the planet. Ryan openly admits he was once reluctant as a failing sales professional, struggling initially and even sleeping on a bathroom floor at one stage. With just 30 cents to his name, he has now coached over 6,000 businesses and individuals globally, showing his clients how to close over one billion-dollar deals in a, in new sales revenue for the last years alone. So, who has he coached? Brands like Mercedes-Benz, National Storage, Westpac, AMX, Australian skincare clinics. The list goes on. Ryan and ISR co-founder Jack Cobert boosted their profile in 2018 after appearing on Channel 10's Shark Tank, we all know Shark Tank, where they became the first company in Australian history to successfully secure the support of three of the Australian entrepreneurial powerhouses: Dr. Glenn Richards, Steve Baxter, and Andrew Banks, who are now shareholders and advisors for Ryan at ISR. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Ryan, welcome to Inspiring Design, mate. Thank you, Ashan. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the the long intro.
1: It's um, <laughs> always the most awkward part, just kind of listening to all of that. But um, no, I appreciate it.
0: Well, look, and, and that's the justice, right? You've achieved that, so it's, I think it's fair call to you know actually walk through it. Yeah. So tell us about your story. So beyond, I wanna, really want to hear about what what was the, what was your life like before all of Shark Tank and ISR happened.
1: Um, so I guess to, t- to put it all into context, I, I might take you back a little bit further to, to the UK originally because um, uh, a lot of people that might meet me now would think that, yeah, I'm in the world of sales and communication um, and that's uh, I, I, I speak all around the world as well on stages in front of thousands of people but my life has changed tenfold in the last ten years since I moved from the UK so mm-hmm. back in the UK I actually come from an engineering background um, yeah. for, for eight years um, I don't come from an ambitious family. I definitely didn't have any sort of motivation to be a sales professional. I actually had all the, the preconceived ideas of what salespeople were like. Yep. Um,
0: Which we need to get into, by the way, later on. <laughs> we'll get it,
1: yeah, I'm, I don't help myself because I wear fancy pocket squares and, and uh, flashy shoes. But um, when I, I got to the age of 27, um, and uh, maybe some people might be able to relate to this as well in time, and I started to realize that maybe I wasn't fulfilling my potential. Um, and I was, I was good at my job, and I think that that masks over the fact that you're in your comfort zone sometimes. And I was, I was meticulous as an engineer. I got, I got the job done. Um, by the time I left, I was in charge of up to 20, 20 guys on a shift. Um, but I used to go home each night going, is this, is this me? Like, is and I had no idea what else there was out there because I'd never known anything different, right? Yeah. But I got to the age of 27 and I knew that the Australian government gave you up until the age of 30 to move over here as a backpacker. So um, I had like a natural induced urgency on me to do something in life. Yeah. Um, I had a lovely girlfriend of five years um, that I lived with, we owned, we owned property together, um, I had a house, I had a Siberian Husky, and I decided to give it all up and jump on a plane and move, move to Australia wow. and um, 2010 I arrived here um, and even though I was relatively well educated in what I had what done and relatively successful comparative to a lot of people, the only jobs that I could find when I moved here were in sales um, and predominantly in call centers. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be some listeners listening to this right now that are in call centers and they've just perked their ears up um, straight away. Those guys right now will know how hard that is. Yeah. Um, to take that further into consideration, um, I'm an introvert by nature. I'm not somebody that loves the stage. I actually had a debilitating fear of public speaking. Um, I definitely didn't like rejection. I didn't like abuse. I'm not a confrontational person. So put me into a call center and tell me my job is now to make 300 dials a day. Yeah. And find out if somebody's got 15 to 25 grand in 90 seconds Oof. that's a way to put me into my shell um, yeah. and it did and it was I would say I d- it didn't I didn't get depression uh, but I got a level of anxiety around going in there every day and picking up the phone um,
0: I think it's natural to and, have that
1: I, I think so and I think um, th- th- there's a certain leadership style around um the, the carrot or the stick right um, mm. and I was getting the stick of just pick up the phone and dial just just work harder and I felt that I was working really hard anyway. I, I, hopefully nobody would ever question my work ethic, um, but it wasn't working for me. I just wasn't very good. There, was, um, there were 21 people in there in the call center and I was 21st wow. um, for three months straight. Yeah. And that's where, as you, as you spoke about earlier, that's where I got to my crisis point, I now call it, um, of 31 cents in my bank and sleeping on a bathroom floor. Um, and at that stage, as, as we all do in life, we have our crisis points, but they're also crossroads and they're opportunities. Um, and we either dig our heels in and we, we continue and we try and fix or, or master whatever challenges we're facing or we quit. Mm. I quit. I said, this isn't for me, I can't, I can't sell. Selling is for extroverts, selling is for the people that the, the gift of the gab, the ones that can sell ice to Eskimos and all of that. Um, and I went into my, uh, my boss the next day who happened to be my now co-founder of ISR, Jack. And I said to him, mate, I can't, I can't do this. Like I'm, I'm out, sales isn't for me. And he said to me, in no uncertain terms, Ryan, you've not even tried. And at that point, I'm like, well, I don't don't know what you mean. I am, I'm, I'm working hard here. I'm doing everything in my power. I come in early, I leave late, I'm trying my best. He said, you haven't. You haven't fanatically consumed everything you can around the art of sales, negotiation, body language, emotional intelligence, behavioral science, the psychology of human behavior, basically. Yeah. And I'm like... I don't know what you mean, I don't know what those words mean. (laughs) Sales isn't isn't a skill. In my head, sales and communication was not a skill. It was just something you either had or you didn't. Mm -hmm. And then he challenged me. He said, I want you for the next 60 days to to fanatically consume as much information as you can. Mm -hmm. um, 15 to 20 minutes every day. And if at the end of those 60 days you're still 21st, I'll pay for your flight anywhere in the world. Um, And you go home and you leave with your head held high knowing you gave this a really good go. Um, Fast forward really quickly. And within five weeks, I went from 21st to first, um, and my whole life just changed. Because for the first time, my engineering brain had kicked in and aligned itself to sales and communication because it said that there was a formula and a process to how we communicate with human beings mm. to maximize every opportunity. And um, within 14, 15 months, I was sales manager. I had 47 staff under my guidance, um, and I did just over $300,000 in commissions. And I realized that money aside, I was now for the first time ever able to impact more people. Mm. And for me that's what sales is. Sales is impact. Sales is the ability to inspire people to do things that maybe they didn't believe they could do. Yep. And that might be buying or investing or purchasing something that they didn't know that they needed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but your job is to dig deep enough um, and articulate a value in a way that they see value. Um, and all of a sudden I'm like this is this is my purpose mm-hmm. um, and that's when in 2014 Jack and I broke away and we created this company I guess to uh, to go a long way around answer your question um, because of a frustration in the industry mm-hmm. um, some people will be listening to this right now going sales, sales trainer, English sales trainer Gold Coast um, <laughs> yeah. and their sales defences will be very very high and I, I get that, right. um, we want to change that stigma, our whole mission is to change the perce- uh, perception of sales people and for people to understand that the art of sales and negotiation and communication is a noble trait mm-hmm. and you actually owe it yourself to be able to better communicate your value yep. to help you reach your potential.
0: And I think that's a valuable way of looking at things because if you are actually making sales, if you're running a business, then that's great. You know, you're gonna have to do sales otherwise there's no possible way you can grow. Yeah. And if you're not one of those entrepreneurs that are gonna start your own business, then you have to join another organization and a and system. So again, if you're then selling, whether it's a design, for me actually sales is actually any form of communication where you're projecting an idea. So we, I, I'm telling my students all the time that you're selling hmm. when you get up in front and you're talking about your design. You're not asking for money in exchange now, Yeah. but what's gonna happen when you go into the industry, right? You're pitching a building design and you're asking for a paycheck. Yeah. In the end, that's what you're doing, 100%. right? So. Um, that's that's been my definition from sales. So I wanted to ask you, what is sales in your definition?
1: Um, the, the short, if so I was going to give you one word, I'd say everything. Um, <laughs> And and the and the, re- the reason I believe that and you you just you are ass- assigned it there to selling an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're selling yourself first before you sell the idea. So sure. we we live by the philosophy of um, we call it MCP MCP mm-hmm. that you sell yourself, myself, which is the M, mm-hmm. the company, and then your product, and you sell in that order. Yeah. Um. So for me, sales opens doors. Um. To to everything like so, whether you want to get a re- you want to. Book a restaurant um, on a Saturday night at six o'clock and you want to get the best restaurant in town. Yeah. Do you have the ability to pick up the phone and endear yourself to the person that answers the phone enough in 60 seconds that they want to find a way to fit you into that restaurant? There's a challenge for the listeners right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> I did that on New York in New York on New Year's Eve um, in 2014. I got as a restaurant in Times Square. Yeah. Um, because I understood human behavior. So it's opportunity, it opens doors for you. Um, selling is not just his a product, do you want to buy it? Mm. Um, I'm selling people right now on the idea that sales could potentially maybe hopefully one day be a noble trade. Yeah. And, yeah. and if they walk away from listening or watching this and they go, okay, you yeah, know, there is some merit in that, job done. Mm. And, th- and that's selling them. I'll give you a really clear example of um, when you're representing a business. Um, I'll say the business name, let's do it. Um, <laughs> so baby bunting, um, I've got an 18 month old baby boy, I've got a, a new baby on the way in October as well, another boy, um, so even though we're still a few months away from the second boy my wife decides that we need to buy the second car seat already mm-hmm. so i'm in baby bunting got great service on the front end um, and we buy this car seat they say you got to go out the back to the roller doors somebody will be out there to greet you they'll help you put it in the car
2: mm-hmm.
1: drive around the back happy love the service in there the roller doors open up there's a guy there in a high vis um, he just works in the factory part mm-hmm. um, maybe that's his perception of his job i just work in the factory and i just help people, lift boxes into their car. No, you're in sales. Mm. Because he opened those roller doors up and he went, receipt. I was like, good afternoon, how are you? Um, and he was like, yeah, good, uh, you got the receipt? I was like, yeah, here's the receipt. So already, my interpretation of the internal training at baby bunting mm. has gone down. My experience is diminishing by the second. Mm. Um, and he went, thank you, and then walked off. 10 minutes later, he came back, he said, where do you want it? No, no. so you must have a baby on the way. Congratulations, what you're having. Like, yeah. That is selling. Every, and you, you touched on it, every single human interaction that you ever have, mm. whether you're listening visibly, whether you're speaking to somebody face to face, whether you're on the phone, mm. you're selling yourself first and foremost. So um, I just think it's one of the most powerful skills that anybody could ever attain.
0: Absolutely, and I think that's, which leads me my, to, to my next question is, how important is this within every industry? Does it matter where you are? in your point of view how does it fit in and why is it important every every single thing we do
1: yeah I am I was probably a little bit naive when I got into the industry I thought because I came from a call center environment I assumed that this would only work in direct sales transactional sales where you're asking somebody for the for the money for something Mm -hmm. Um, but since then I mean we've coached in over 150 different industries from earwax cleaning Amex, Mercedes-Benz, where, like the industry doesn't actually matter because yep. it, it is, um, and Andrew Banks, one of our investors, hit the nail on the head when he came on board. He said, Ryan, this isn't sales training. This is communication coaching and every single human being in every single business can benefit from communicating their value better. Yep. Um, so why what, what I think it's really important is, to, is twofold. I think there's lots of brilliant minds out there that are in school now, leaving school, looking at secondary, tertiary education, looking to get jobs and they would offer tremendous value to organizations but in the interviewing environment they maybe froze up mm-hmm. they didn't say the right answer at the right time and they didn't truly articulate their value yep. and businesses miss out and individuals miss out and there's then a misalignment of roles that people then fall into so i feel that there's a lot of people there that are very talented that might be falling through the cracks because they didn't have an ability to handle their nerves in that environment um, or speak in a language that the interviewer sees value mm. um, and then businesses in general. I mean, you would know these figures as well. Sixty-five percent of businesses in Australia go under in three years. Ninety-five percent in five. Yep. They're horrible figures, um, and it, and it really doesn't need to happen because they some of them are great businesses. And
0: that's the that's the usual fear that gets people going. You know, this the high, high chance of fail rate is is through the roof. Yeah. So why would I start? There's too much risk, in, and and actually holds a lot of ideas from ever even being tested. Yeah. Oh, that's that's actually
1: a really good point. You you actually. <laughs> You play safe, right? You go, well, I won't do that just in case it jeopardizes everything else. Yep. Whereas, if you knew right now that you could create a new idea, a new division, a new product or service in your business, mm. and you also knew that you'd be able to categorically communicate the value of mm. what that does to the market, so you know it would sell before it even hits the market, you'd try more things. Absolutely. Um, which would mean the country would become more innovative, the economy would grow, yes. um, and everything would grow. So. And um, want people to be braver, uh, and then bravery starts with with confidence. Mm. Confidence starts with competence. Competence starts with familiarity. Familiarity starts with repetition. Yep. So we we got to get the repetition
0: of doing the right
1: things first before we can breathe the confidence to try new things.
0: I'm actually seeing patterns in how design thinking and communication sales comes into it because it's part of storytelling. is part of design thinking. At the end of the day, that mm. is still communication. And regardless of the industry, you know, like these logos in the background here, the process and the approach, the steps, the, the elements that are involved, it's all the same because it's actually human psychology. So I'm, I'm loving yeah. what you're putting down, but what, why is there a negative connotation when it comes to sales? Because, you know, people immediately think, oh, sleazy salesman. Yeah or car sales, real estate, you know, whatever, like, there's always a negative thing towards it. Um, I know my um, partner at the time when I went through some sales training, this is back in 2014, um, when I came back and was just parroting what I had learned that day, super excited, and one of the things she said to me at that time was, you know, this is is actually things that psychologists get taught, Mm -hmm. but this guy is out there teaching it to anyone and everyone without any code of ethics without a governing body right whereas psychologists actually have a very strict governing Mm. body, so it's very easy and dangerous it's almost like giving superpowers to villains and i'm like wow that's powerful yeah but she wasn't wrong there was an actual there was there was some truth behind it and i thought i started to think about it going why is that? And it's that negative connotation that sales has with just in general. Yeah. Why is that? And how do you guys overcome that? Um, firstly, I think it's warranted. Um, I think there are a lot of people out there.
1: It's undeniable. There's a lot of people that are using these skills for the wrong reasons. There was a movie made about it. Um, True. Right. Like, um, and, uh, uh, and that proves, firstly, that sales can be taught. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and that's the first part. So I don't mind, um, I, I get a lot of my competition on my podcast and do live videos with them as well because anybody that promotes the need to understand communication um, as a skill, mm-hmm. that's a benefit to me. What, what we always say in our training is how you use these skills is really up to you. Mm-hmm. What we want to make sure that we do, um, and we always say on our on our phone calls or on our interactions, we're looking for two things before we decide who we're going to partner with. Um, number one is a moral and ethical alignment. Um, mm-hmm. Our whole sales methodology is called SWISH. Stands for Selling with Integrity and Selling Honestly. So, m- making sure that you don't go into an interaction with the intention to sell. I always say your job is not to sell, your job is to find out whether a sale should be made. So first and foremost, make sure there's a moral and ethical alignment there. Um, and then the second thing is to have a growth mindset. Um, and okay. We want them to have an open mind to a new relationship, more consultative abro- approach to selling. Because maybe what you just alluded to there as well around the psychology, about three or four years ago, I stopped studying selling, mm-hmm. so to speak, and I started studying buying. And when you do that, and you put yourself in the buyer's shoes, you realize the market's very sophisticated. Yeah. Um, you, you know what we're doing, leading questions, three yeses, feel felt found, yeah. bait and switch. Everybody knows what you're doing. True. Be a real human being, have a real conversation with somebody, and as long as you're articulating value in a way that they see value, they will come to the conclusion themselves that you're the best fit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, let the penny drop for them, don't throw the penny at them. Yeah. Um, there's a huge difference between the two, which is yeah. old school. So I think the stigma is there because it's warranted and it's merited, and there's lots of people that have been ripped off. Um, is our mission hard? Yeah, like, when if we call you up and we're a sales training company, your defenses go even higher. So oh, yeah. we have to prove credibility 10 times more than any other business, which is why the Shark Tank um journey and that part of the story was very powerful for us because it meant that three of australia's most successful business owners did six months due diligence into our business True. talked to our clients saw that it got results and then came on board yeah um, but still there'll still be skepticism always I think. absolutely and
0: it's it's quite sad that there is that skepticism because if you if you go through that process that you you've gone through um and and even my similar journey for me sales is actually education I, um, the first couple of years in business, I went in, I was hell bent on that transactional mentality. Yeah. You know, I need to get that paycheck from them. I don't even care what I'm giving them type mentality because yeah. that's kind of a do or die desperate situation. Sure. For me, it, it became so much easier and more fun and enjoyable and less effort when all of a sudden sales to me was educating your clients. Yeah. Yours. Nice. It, it actually doesn't matter if they buy from you or not because I've found so many times that they will come back and buy f- three years later yeah. just because you've given them some value. It's just not the right time. Otherwise they would have already said yes. Yeah. And, and you, you do that very well, like across the
1: socials as well. That, that's a conscious effort, right? It is, to, yeah. it is.
0: And, and that's not on purpose of actually mm-hmm. expecting a return. No. You know, it's, it's not expected. And, and when you go back, you find that some of the, some of the schools that we work with or universities, we go, they were in the audience five years ago yeah, yeah. you know or they were in the audience two and a half years ago just hearing one seminar or, wh- or whatever and you just accidentally see these faces pop up and you go that's why you yeah. know you're you're being giving to them so they see you so for me that's and given I'm in education for me that's 100% yep. that mentality so um, I've found that some people have understood that but at the same time no and a lot of people who are not running their own ship it's harder for them to understand that, and that's where I find the biggest um, uh, battle between that perception. Mm. It's it's hard as well.
1: I mean, if you're in the early stage of business and you're just starting out, naturally we're looking for, for cash flow. We need to drive revenue into the business because we all say without sales, business fails. Yes. Um, and that that's a fact. Yeah. But with all also with sales with bad customers, your business fails. Yes. <laughs> um, so there there is a balancing act. So. That um, it took me about two years to realize that as well. Not 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 just the making sales, but also being consistent in putting out content um, and and giving, just giving value, and then switching off the expectation of return. This is why people don't do social media selling um, very well. I don't think it's social media selling; it's just social media um, exposure. It's a, it's awareness. Yes. So what well, is zero moment of truth is yep. what Google is, <laughs> right? Um, is it eleven touch points these days, or is it my I you thought it was gone, sixteen. Uh, oh, I've probably gone higher. Um, sixteen touch points before somebody decides that they trust you enough to do business with you. So how can you get those touch points in, in the shortest amount of time is the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, so that there is a level of trust and credibility Absolutely. There,
0: yeah. And it's, it's really funny, I was actually just last night watching one of the, um, one of the king of contents, Gary Vee, one of his lives, hmm. and he was just trying to drill into um, this lady who had just completely missed the point. And he's like, why do you think all my content is free? He got a little bit frustrated because he's like, I need to cut this, cut this short. It's like, why do you think all my, all my S is free? And she's like, I don't know, because you can afford to. It's like, absolutely not. Yeah, it's like, yeah. my business model is putting out every one of my content, all my knowledge out there for free. Mm. And then I charge a premium, $10,000 an hour for the 0.01% of the clients that want access to me. Mm. Simple as that. Yeah. It's like, that literally is my business model. Yeah. You can go and copy it if you want, because I'm giving it away for free. And it works, right? Yeah, we, we, I mean, we've, we've seen a
1: massive spike since we've, we, we actually created a creative division. We've got a marketing manager that oversees everything. We've mm. got videographers. Since we've done that, the, there's been a direct correlation with us putting out more free content with yeah. the business growth. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you give out, yeah, we, we're exactly the same. We put out everything, mm. and then you charge for the implementation because I could watch a, a martial arts video but I'm not a black belt. Yes. <laughs> just, just seeing a video does not make me an expert. So, Correct. and again, it might come back to the training versus exposure. So I can expose you to something that you might not have, have ever heard of before. And we've got acronyms coming out of our ears. We've got mm. over 200 hours worth of content. Yep. Just because you hear it doesn't mean you can use it. Yep. And then there will be a small portion that we know in time, when we've got to those 16 touch points or fewer, um, that they'll actually engage your services. Um, right. And when they do, because they've already seen the value beforehand, they're not coming in, kicking and screaming. Mm. Um, you don't get refund requests or buyer's remorse. Yeah. They're really good, solid clients, and it builds for a really enjoyable sales environment and, and business environment.
0: Yeah, love that. I might just pause. Yeah. Um, can we change the camera angle from that angle? I, I, I was just half thinking, maybe we can get a completely third angle. Just Which, my phone. Your phone? Yeah. 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 Put um, it on so the chair or something. You From like you? Like that angle? Yeah. Like, uh, so from behind me? Behind, yeah, because yeah, oh. then we've got like behind me and then behind Ryan as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want it from the, the
2: floor or do you
0: want to turn on um, Maybe a little bit higher, like eye level.
1: It's it very hot in here. Yeah, it does get hot eh? aye. Imagine when I, when I do boot camps in here, sometimes we had... Um, do you know body signs? Have we even got them up there? You know body signs uh, guys. Yeah. Um they had nineteen people turn up in here. Yeah. We say twelve maximum. Jesus. They had nineteen <laughs> turn up and they flew oh, in from all over. So they just basically took advantage, but they obviously yeah. weren't aware of the size of the office. Yeah. So we say twelve maximum because then we can do a role play, we can keep it really tailored. Yeah. And it was roast by, and this is like an eight hour session. Oof. It that
0: was. would have been that would have been tough, yeah. 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 So is that how you want it? Yeah, that looks good, man. Yeah. Just so then it captures both um Facial like face facial expression. Yeah, that's
1: sweet. That's right, so far what you yeah, be, oh,
0: yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Is it recording? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That one I mean. Yeah. That one. That one sweet. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: We had a scare earlier, didn't we? oh I've done that I filmed one. And he went he just pressed it and it was like <laughs> three seconds, and I'm like we yeah, it was
0: like that right <laughs> yeah oh, it's happened to me before and with phones if you get an email or a notification it stops the video record yeah so i had put it on airplane mode so it should have stop. you done a whole podcast before and not recorded it well no because the audio i only focused on video in season three yeah okay. so it's just been microphone to a mac easy setup yeah um hasn't happened so far okay. it's such <laughs> <wouldn't>. yeah <laughs> Um, but if today happens, I'm coming after you, eh? Yeah, you coming after me. <laughs> yeah. no, we're okay. I'm watching it, now. Yeah. All right, sweet. So we'll uh, pick up on um, how does authenticity and morality come into play. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, so, love that, mate. So how do you actually nurture these skills when it comes to authenticity and how do, you, how do we communicate authentically?
1: Um, I think f- f- for me, I'm a big fan of um, Stephen Covey, I mean, it, well not Stephen Covey Senior, Stephen Covey Junior who wrote The Speed of Trust, if yep. you've read that book, yep. um, and in there there was one thing that really hit home to me was how you communicate trust um, and authenticity was four stages, which was um, the first stage is integrity, so how do you communicate integrity, mm-hmm. that that then branches off into a whole session in itself, but it's about being vulnerable, yep. um, actually there's a there's a stigma if you're in sales, um, or a misconception that I need to be authoritative, I need to be expressive, mm. and I need to be um, in control 100% of the time. Nobody's in control 100% of the time, nope. and nobody expects anybody, any other normal human, um, to be in control. So when you are, it actually raises sales defenses. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of sharing um, stories um, to the right people. I mean, we can go deep into personality profiling and some people wanna hear the story, some people don't. Yep. But um, as a general rule of thumb, I will always go through my story. We, we open with it today. That was not by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that people need to buy into me first before they're even listening to me. Zig Ziglar told us, people listen to you, they like you, but if they trust you, they do business with you. Yep. And we've got yep. it on a canvas in our reception. Yep. Um, so big fan of that. And um, so first thing is integrity. The second thing is intent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, being super, super open and honest at the start of what is my intent today? If somebody says to you, are you hoping to make a sale? Um, I'm not hoping to make a sale, I'm looking to find whether a sale should be made. And if at that stage I do believe we can assist you, then yes, I will be recommending a product or service. Yeah. If not, I'll be letting you go.
0: Absolutely zero
1: defenses, then you're open to hearing what the other person's yeah, gonna say. Yeah, just totally, that, that's what we're doing. If you're in sales or you're in business, do you want someone to buy your product or service? yes so are you putting content out there that is designed to increase the value in your product so when people do reach out to you they want to buy it of course we are so the market knows that as well why are we trying to be shady and hide all of that as well so even in our podcast interviews do I reference other products or services absolutely because I'd be crazy not to Mm -hmm. because you can't sell a secret Um, and this is one of the biggest problems with businesses going under is they go I just don't get it the product is amazing. We have such great results for our few for our few <laughs> clients. Yeah. Did you tell anybody else about it? Did you ever speak anywhere? Did you share much content out there? No. Well nobody came knocking for something they didn't know existed. Yeah. Um so so being very clear about your intent. And um, the third thing in the speed of trust is your capabilities. Um mm-hmm. so you need to be able to communicate that you have the skills to to assist them um with your product or service and the final one um is results. Um so you need to communicate third-party stories testimonials and um, elegantly and um, again we've already done this through this podcast we've spoke about different businesses yes it wasn't a pitch it was organic through dialogue and um, so what I what I, um, I can't remember where I found it actually but it was a quote that said dialogue is the highest form of persuasion mm-hmm. dialogue is the highest
0: form and speeches to compel and to persuade and um, I think Ralph Waldo Emerson I think mentioned that quote okay so it's very similar yeah I mean I I always say
1: that we we don't want to i don't want to convince you of anything i don't want to persuade you of anything i don't want to manipulate you into anything i want to inspire you Mm -hmm. Um, and that for me is what selling is you're you're inspiring somebody to take an action that is in their best interest yeah um do you get a benefit from that if you help somebody in their life that's a natural sort of consequence but not every single time as well sometimes it's just good to give um and i'm not I'm not overly religious I'm not overly spiritual um, but I've definitely recognized as I, I referenced earlier the more we give and the more people we help then the more lucky we seem to get Absolutely. with with business
0: and that's a beautiful way of looking at life in general because what goes around does always come around yeah and um, I've seen so many times when yeah I mean there's movies made about it you know when when you when you are undercutting someone else it, it, it's it's a finite it's not sustainable mm. there is an end point to it so love yeah. that mentality man so how do how do someone like you and I, or a student coming up, how do they develop these skills, like, because at the end of the day, a trainer can fast track that process for sure, Mm. but if, if they are not in a place where they can find a coach, or where they can, um, afford a coach, how do they, how can they develop these skills themselves? I think the first step is to recognize that it is a skill. They need to
1: accept it. Yes. Um, and the phrase that's probably not politically correct that I use is, um, like a good alcoholic it's accepting that you need help in the first place, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. if you can accept that there are skills out there, you will find it. Because I, I promise right now, they'll be around you. There'll be videos online. You go on our YouTube channel, you'll find hundreds of free content yeah. Um, to help you learn how to communicate your, your message better. Um, Harry Singer, who I know you you know as well, my public speaking coach, he said to me, um, the biggest mistake that people make when they're trying to progress in life is that they look for the skills when they're ready. Mm. So they wait for an opportunity. You might have a job interview coming up. You might have um, a meeting with somebody that could take your career in a totally different direction. Mm. And you go, oh, I should know how to do this before I go and see them. And then you rush all this knowledge yeah. and you try and cram it into your brain before this meeting and then it gets all confusing and you can potentially let yourself down. So he said to me, the biggest mistake people make is learning when they're ready he said don't learn when you're ready learn to be ready yep. so you never yep. miss an opportunity again you're always prepared always always prepared the scouts do you have scouts over here i'm not sure the no, is a little <laughs> the scout is a kids club back in the uk that yep. you go to and they, they do, do have it here do they yeah. Mean, yeah 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 oh, be prepared there you go um and what happened to me after that after i started engaging her for for training all of these speaking gigs and all these opportunities that i said well, they're not around me anyway I don't ever get a chance to do anything like this I did 188 speaking gigs the following year Love it. Um, so they were always there yeah I just repelled them because I wasn't ready um, and the same happens with your career yeah. you, you repel opportunities and you turn them down subconsciously yeah um, because yeah. you're not prepared
0: and I've found through my own experience there's the other side of that coin happens as well I kind of went headfirst into this and try to get as many speaking gigs as possible when no one knew my name and literally. No one knew the brand, no one knew the business. Yeah. It was just at the start. And I was, I think, a little bit blinded by that, you know, you you hustle as hard as you possibly yeah. can. And pretty much got every single rejection. I've had some people that, um, that have come back and go, oh, you know, we, in a nice way, turn you down, going not right now because mm. we need someone higher profile. Two years later, however, then they invite you to come and do your own uh, sure. keynote or conference, which is actually a really good game changer. But after a little while, I understood that, that was happening because you were putting out free content. Mm. You were literally out there creating value for other people. And yeah. those are the people that were in the audience five years ago yes. or two yeah, years. Exactly. Ago, three years ago. And so you never know who's watching. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so hard to control. We are all so connected now. Yeah. It's um I love that. So you need to be prepared. That's one of the takeaways, which pretty much takes me to that next question is how important is this for twenty first century education? Like in Australia as at a global level, how important mm. is this skill within the education sector, do you think?
2: Um,
1: I think it's more important than ever before um, for the main reason we've got more reach than ever before. Yes. Um, firstly, um, I just want to quickly, before I forget it, um, just at the back end of your last sentence about um, putting out free content, mm. the, the sentence that summarizes that for me is commercialize first, monetize second. So you commercialize yourself first, you put your brand out there, you gain credibility and then they will come to you, True. Um, as opposed to you forcing it upon somebody as well. The same works with your product, your service. Yeah. If you can, it's not always feasible, if you can give it to people yeah. as much as possible initially, or at least give your knowledge around it, and um, that's gonna endear people and drive traffic to you. And um, I think
0: just on that, if people usually give with the hope of getting back, or, you know, here's my one and a half hours of free, so I'll see through it. Yeah, you can yeah. see through it. And then, you know, by my eight hours yeah. course, um, people th- smell the desperation. Yeah. And it's still, it's not as successful. Commission
1: breath, we call that. There you go. There <laughs> yeah. you go. That's the terminology. Yeah. So
0: you got to give without expecting it because yeah. it do- does come around. But um, yeah. you, it's, it's actually a huge mental shift. Mm. So these are the kinds of things that I've been looking at. As important skill sets that need to be instilled in the future generations right oh. now. Um, that for me right now, I've got two be hags. Um, you know a be hag?
1: No. Um, big, big, hairy, audacious goal. Right. Um, so I've got two big, hoary hairy, hairy, audacious goals. Get that one out. Um, so I've got two big, hairy, audacious goals. Um, number one is to provide education to every single business in the world. Love it. Um, and the reason I believe that's so important is because of what we spoke about earlier. Is so many businesses are failing all around the world. I think when you register a business, mm. you are not allowed to register it until you've engaged some communication training or some sales training. Because if you can't sell it, your business is gonna fail. And I think it's irresponsible of governments to let people start a business if they know that they've already got a 65% chance of failing. Yeah. So so that's, a, that's one of our big goals. And then the second one, which I'm really passionate about because I know it would've changed my life if I'd have learned these skills earlier, is to get sales and communication training part of, Modern day curriculum um, in at, at primary level, um, if possible. Um, how many kids are getting? You would know the figures better than I do. How many kids are getting bullied? How oh, many yeah. kids are? Um, how many kids are sitting at the back of the class not putting their hands up when they've got ideas mm. because they fear that they're going to look silly for shouting out something that could be totally creative? Yeah. And we're suppressing all these these geniuses that are actually going to change our world for future generations. So, um, I guess to to come back to what we we spoke about as well the. That's why it's so important, it has to start there because the world is more connected than ever before. We're not always gonna have the um, the fortune of sitting face to face with people. I, I think business is gonna change, especially after COVID. Um, it already has for us. Like, yeah. um, we're now 95% digital trainers. We mm-hmm. were before COVID, we were about 60, 65, um, which is great, great for us because we can train people anywhere around the world and it's more accepted. Yeah. So you need to have the skill to be able to jump on a Zoom or jump on the phone and not just communicate and sell through physically through your body language, but mm-hmm. utilize tonality yep. um, and read people um, over the phone when you can't see them. That, that's a skill. Yep. So I think I yep. should be teaching that a lot at younger age.
0: Love it, mate. love it. So what's your advice, finishing up, what's your advice for students and graduates right now if, because they're in an the education system that unfortunately doesn't incorporate this in the mm-hmm. curriculum. So they, these are things that are in discussion with a lot of people at the moment, so yep. there is a shift. Yeah. Um, however the students right now similar to you know when we went through school mm. it's not a skill we got taught yeah so if you are a student and graduate right now what would you advise them what, what are their uh, action steps right now um, for, for me
1: it's if, if you've got an, an idea firstly share it share it with somebody um, I think there's there's a lot of ideas again that don't get they don't get launched yeah because we go somebody's gonna steal my idea um, yes. so i want to quash that one quickly um you come and tell me you've got an idea i'm not going to steal it i've got three businesses i've got a baby and i've got another one on the way i don't have time to steal your idea but i might know the person that you need to talk to true um so the old adage is your network is your net worth so live your life like the person that you talk to every single day the, the new contact the the um the person you sit next to on the bus this person sitting next to on the train introduce yourself say hello, you have no idea who is in their network. Mm. Um, So live your life like that person could change it and then you maximise every single human interaction. Um, Second part to that is that you need to maximise that situation by knowing how to introduce yourself. Yes. Um, So we go through, I don't know if you've you've been to our event, you've seen me do elevator pitch, the five steps to mastering an elevator pitch. Not yet, okay. But um, we've got five steps to communicating who you are, who you help, um, the problem you solve, why you do it, and the best thing about you or your business. So have, have a fundamental set of language patterns or word tracks that you communicate hmm. with every person you ever meet. Hmm. Um, so somebody says to you, we get th- asked three questions in life more than anything in the world. What's your name? Where are you from? And what do you do? from three most common questions you're ever gonna get asked. You know the first two. Mm. If you don't, <laughs> we're struggling. Um, you know the first two. The third one, what do you do? Mm. You're not a digital marketer. Yeah. You're not a plumber. You're not a, I'm not a sales coach. What problem do you solve for people? Once you start communicating that in an interaction and then tying it with the reason why, mm. so you actually add an emotion to it, you start to connect with people. Um, and when you start to connect with other human beings, your network just expands, and you'll start to find like-minded individuals like never before. Yep. Um, in two thousand and ten, I wasn't, I wasn't around the wrong crowd, but I certainly wasn't around the right crowd for where I could go for my potential. Um, so, if you're not surrounded by people that are as ambitious as you, there, there's a it's a big world. Was it seven point seven billion people on this planet? There's four point five billion of them have the internet. Get it. Find groups network um, we've got Facebook groups uh, Facebook groups where you can just network with people that are thinking like you yeah. um, and all of a sudden that will open doors
0: and I think it's will Smith's one of his videos uh, relatively recently he said you know go and go to your text messages and look at the top five if they're not people that are lighting your fire <laughs> um, find people who would that that's know. a great way of putting it <laughs> I, I used to think and it's probably apt to
1: for me to share this as well I used to think that um, likes of Tony Robbins, um, all motivational speakers. I just think it was really fluffy. Goal setting, fluffy. Vision boards, that won't work, Um, because I hadn't been around
0: it. There is a truth to it. There is 100% of truth to it, and I've actually understood there's a bit of a science behind it as Mm. well, because you're literally just immersing yourself in a topic and constantly seeing something in the mirror or or a vision board or on your wall, and on top of that, you're literally just getting clarity. So all of those things are still the same foundational human principles, human psychology. And, um, I never thought that. So, but I know there's a big connotation, similar to sales, having that negative connotation, they go, Oh, goal setting. (laughs) Well, I I just, yeah,
1: I'm like, that won't work for me. And then I met a guy called um, Dennis McKenzie in 2010 and he asked me, what are my goals? And I said, three or four things. He said, how long they've been your goals? I said, three or four years. He said, show me. I was like, what do you mean? Show me they're up here and he said that's why they've been your goals for three or four years, they're stuck in your head. You need to get them out, get them on a piece of paper, get them on a vision board, see them, read them every single day, and most importantly, get people to hold you in account, accountable to achieving them. Yeah. And it's not even arguable, I've had the most productive 10 years of my life, but by a long, long way. Yeah. Um, just because I walk in every single day, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know the network that I need to be around, I know the people that I need to, to associate with and hang around with. Um, and audit my network as well so I like the Will Smith um, analogy there is um, so once a month I actually make a conscious effort to audit my I audit my newsfeed, yep. um, and I audit my network, and I go, am I around the right people to take me to the next level? Because you do outgrow mentors um, as well. I've mentored a lot of people that have actually outgrow outgrew me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cool, and most good mentors will respect that. They can take you to the next level, definitely. but they stay in their lane. Yep. Um, so yeah, auditing your network is actually a, a good one. Thanks, Paul Smith. No worries, Just, um, Well, there you go. We'll <laughs> message him. <laughs>
0: um, look, mate, that's, uh, that's actually been brilliant. And uh, do you have any last, um, advice for the listeners before we end things for today um yeah if, if there's there's people right now that are thinking about starting a
1: business one day and i'm sure there's lots of if they're listening to this they're of a, the right mindset right they're they're ambitious motivated individuals that potentially want to go out there and start um, a business at some, uh, some stage um do it with with pride do it with integrity but also feel comfortable in asking people for the business if you know you can help them um the number one thing that you should be focusing on when you start your business is listening to your market mm-hmm. and revenue generating tasks. And that was two things, wasn't it? Um, the, the number one slash two thing. Um, if you don't deliver what the market wants, you're gonna fail. Um, if you don't ask for the business, you're gonna fail. Um, so feel comfortable in asking people for the business um, and spend a disproportionate amount of time doing so. Yep. The marketing collateral, the beautiful website, all of that will be dictated to by your audience anyway, but let them pay for it when they, uh, when you ask them for the business. Um, and that's where I think a lot of people go wrong in the early days. They spend too much time on non-revenue generating tasks.
0: Yeah, love that, mate. Well, it's been a lot of learnings personally as well and a lot of takeaways for the listeners from today, mate. So thank you so much for giving up your time.
1: Thank you, man. really appreciate it.
0: That's it for today, everyone. Now it's time to jump on to roshansenanayakacom forward slash podcast and check out the show notes from today's episode. Click on the direct links in the show notes and follow this man's incredible work. Follow ISR get on LinkedIn, connect with Ryan, get on Instagram, follow follow him as well and learn about how you can sell ethically. Lastly, click subscribe and share your love and review if you're up for it and I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on today's topic. So till next time.